Welcome to the Badass Ladies Club. I'm Laurie Wallace and I'm here with my friend Jessica. Hello. We're also here with our good friend Mandy Hancock. Hello, ladies. Uh, We are so excited to be here for episode five. Uh, And we're really trying to grow this following and create this bigger, more inclusive community. So get online and follow us on Instagram, Facebook. You can watch us on YouTube. You can check out our TikTok and obviously go to www.badassladiesclub.com and you can check out our website and see what's going on in our worlds. So today uh, we're hanging out with Mandy Hancock. She is the badass of the week that we named a few episodes ago. She's a fierce mama bear to four awesome children. She's a devoted wife. She is obviously OG Badass Ladies Club and one of our very best friends. Um, Mandy is also a lady entrepreneur and the owner of Prominence Parlor. She also founded Blissful Birth Childbirth Education. And uh, yeah, she's kind of a do-it-all lady and we're so excited to have her here. We're so happy you're here. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, record with us today. So before we get started, it's time to name this week's Badass of the Week. That's right. So this week's Badass of the Week is a friend of mine. Her name is Missy, and she is the host of the Dirty Minds podcast. She's actually the one who got us the hookup here. So shout out to Missy. Thank you. So she hosts Dirty Minds podcast. She is the founder of Explore Box, which is a quarterly subscription box for sexual health and wellness. Um, and she does injections. I went to beauty school with her. So we started out doing hair together in hair school and I have had the pleasure of watching her career evolve from hairdresser to doing injections to now being an awesome lady entrepreneur. And I love everything that Missy's doing. Yes, like I love everything she's great. doing. Her social media presence is the quarterly subscription box beyond is awesome. These boxes yeah. sound amazing. They really uh, are. You need to get you one. I yeah. do. Because <laughs> it's so awesome. Um, I... I subscribe just like to help. You got to help out your girlfriends. And so I've been getting these boxes. They're so cool. They're so fun. And, um, and it's an education, man. Like it's it's an education. It's the things that they didn't teach you in sex ed when you were growing up for sure. So, um, we're so excited. So Missy shout out, we want you on the podcast. Please join us. And, um, we're excited to have you. Hey, so let's get into, uh, this week's episode, which, uh, is really just a opportunity for us to jam with Mandy today and talk about uh, some of what you've observed so far listening to the podcast and things that maybe have resonated with you um, because we've already unpacked a lot around self-healing and uh, figuring out who you are. Well, so far I have loved everything that you guys are doing with this. I just feel like there's such a need for it. And the topics are also just of the times and, you know, current. And it's just interesting to hear two ladies who I love so much discuss these topics that, um, you know, sometimes just don't get brought up because some of them are a little bit touchy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like it's important to have those hard conversations. And you know what? Cheers to that. Cause we didn't even, we didn't uh, cheers. cheers. Oh my <laughs> cheers to our, clink. across the table. You guys are pros. I <laughs> believe in you. There you yes. go. Nice job. All right. How yeah. to spill, mm-hmm. bringing it back down home. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's better. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So now we can really get started with the palate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now we're good. <laughs> um, so yeah, talking about healing and things that don't come up a lot that maybe should. Um, that's something that I think as 
the community of the Badass Ladies Club starts to develop and evolve, that we all understand that we're not really in that alone, you know, that even though we may be experiencing things that are similar and sometimes we feel the same way, that it's also really liberating to hear that other people are struggling with some of the same things in their lives. And um, so, yeah, having those resources, I think, is really important and a big reason why uh, we've all been able to stay so close as friends and to be able to share that with other people is magic. I like it. I love it. I love how relatable everything is. Just like you're saying, you know, you come up with this tough topic that you think might be just, you know, exclusive to you when really everyone is having their own version of, you know, an experience like that. Um, and to just even be able to talk about the different experiences, um, it just makes it more relatable to a broader spectrum of people. Absolutely. So one of those things that, um, I feel like myself and, you know, Jessica also in the pursuit of the podcast is that becoming a lady entrepreneur, like we discussed, we didn't really think about the podcast being like a business until we started doing it. And we were like, Oh, oh. this is a so, job. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's an investment. Yeah. Work. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, but you have had that knack for like lady entrepreneur instincts. I feel like for so much longer than I personally have. And same. And, yeah. Um, so yeah. Talk to us about what uh, you connect with, with the idea of being a lady entrepreneur, because you own your own salon and you have a childbirth education business and you also have four children and multiple <laughs> things going on, you know, like how the heck are you, uh, killing it like that? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is just being able to do things the way that I want when I want to. And that was probably the, the first thing that inspired me to just go out on my own and do it, you know? And I think that, um, a lot of the time we scare ourselves into not taking initiatives on, on big steps like that. Um, but it's just so important to take that first step. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is one from Martin Luther King and it's, uh, take faith in the first step. You don't have to see the whole staircase. You just have to take that first step. I love that. Yeah. And that really resonated with me the first time I heard it. And I thought, gosh, if I can just take the first step, you know, then we had been talking earlier about how the universe, when you're on the right path, it just begins to unfold. Mm -hmm. If you're doing what you're meant to be doing, opportunities just arise and it's really up to you to just take them, you know? And so that's another thing that uh, apart from just figuring out what that first step is and taking it, um, taking those opportunities when they show up too. Yeah. You have to be bold enough to take the first step and then to continue taking the next step as those opportunities come up and arise, which is exactly what you guys have been doing. Yeah. And you know, one thing that I so admire about you, Mandy, that has been such a huge lesson for me, because I feel like you were way better at this much earlier on than Laurie and I ever were was this idea of, um, being part of someone's journey and people moving on and cheering them on for it. Absolutely. Um, that Laurie and it took Laurie and I a long time to be able to see someone move on and be, I don't want to say happy for them because I'm happy for my friends, you know, but <laughs> I know we, all, yeah. all three of us have worked together yeah. in the same salon. You and Laurie have worked together in multiple, multiple salons several, yeah. before. Um, and that I, I just know from past conversations that whenever I've told you like, 
so-and-so, you know, has moved on and done this and done that. And I'm really heartbroken that you're always the first one to say, you know, well, good for her. Right. And that I'm like, damn, (laughs) I should be more like Mandy. Right. I should be more like Mandy. Like I'm always like, but what about me? Yes. <laughs> you know, like it's easy to be that way. It, it is. And so and your feelings are valid. I, uh, I, I know. I just feel I now looking back on it now that I'm getting older and I've learned so much from you through our friendship and watching you do so many amazing things on your journey that I'm like, how could I ever be upset about that? Like, look at her go. She's yes. so freaking awesome. And so thank you for teaching me that lesson in life. It's been that means so much, much needed <laughs> to, yeah. to know that I've inspired you in that way. It's, it is so important and it's not always easy. Growth is hard for the person who's going through it and for everyone who's affected by yes. this person going through growth, you know, um, but to be happy for everyone and anyone who's on their own journey and working towards becoming the best version of themselves. That's just part of your journey too, you know, Mm -hmm. to get better at doing that. And you know what it feels like when you are able to just drop the personal feelings about it. Mm -hmm. And like I said, your feelings are valid, you know, be upset for a second and then be (laughs) like, okay, I'm good, you know, and good for her, good for them, whoever it is, whatever they're doing. You know what else is funny about that though, is I do think the more that it happens, the better you get at it because the struggle comes into, I can't believe they're leaving me. Yeah. It's me, you know, but nobody's leaving you. Like just because (laughs) people move on to new projects and new events, like if you were really meant to be in each other's lives and you really do love and care about each other and you're supposed to be in each other's worlds, moving into new projects, isn't going to change that. And so, um, and I do think that, you know, we talked about boundaries in a previous episode and, and Mandy was the badass of the week yes. for our boundaries episode for, and I don't reference. know that I understood <laughs> how much, um, evolving on your business projects meant that you had to have boundaries between how I feel about things personally and how I'm going to operate things in my business and how I'm going to structure things with my family. So all of these things can work together seamlessly. Like, um, that is a big undertaking and that doesn't happen without people saying, this is how I want things structured in my life. And that might not be what your life looks like. And that might not be what you want for my life. And that's all okay. okay. But that's what I'm doing anyway. And that that takes a sense of bravery that I am still getting used to, you know, like it is uh, really unfamiliar to be like, so I'm doing this. And I realize that what I'm doing might make you uncomfortable, but I trust our relationship and I trust that I'm doing what's right for me and I believe it. And so I know that things might be weird for a minute, but we're going to get through it and get to the other side. And that is, um, magic, I think for women to take permission to do what they need to do. And to know that even if things are rocky on all fronts of it, that it's kind of supposed to be that way. Totally. Um, perfectly said. So yeah, I'm into it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, uh, taking huge risks, um, a little bit because, um, you are the queen of taking ridiculously <laughs> huge risks at times where I'm like, seriously, I feel that seriously, yeah. Mandy, like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So, um, how do you get so ballsy to do things like birth babies and renovate houses and then flip houses and then decide to, you know, like, yeah, you do it all. All That's... while birthing at home. Right. And like, I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, it's so That's awesome. a really good question. <laughs> I feel like some of it is just in my makeup, but I also think that I just, through experience of taking risks, um, I know that that is 
is where the real growth happens. And that's where, you know, change really happens and growing is hard. Change is hard, but the good things in life are things that you have to work for a little bit at least. And, um, getting out of that comfort zone is crucial to growing and to making things happen. You know, you get comfortable and comfortable is good if you're chill there, but if you want something bigger and better, no matter what it is, you're going to have to take some initiative and taking the initiative usually means taking some kind of a risk. As long as it's calculated, you know, and you're making educated decisions, I feel like you're not just throwing, you know, everything to the wind and, take, you know, it it becomes less risky. The more research that you do, it's like I said about taking that first step, you know, you have to figure out what you want first and then do the research on how to get it. And if that means finding a mentor, someone who's done what you're trying to do, that is my number one advice, you know, for wanting to do something big, you're not quite sure how, and you're scared, you know, talk to someone who's done it, listen to the exact steps that they took and see if you can apply that to your journey, you know, and follow in their footsteps. And, um, it gets less scary when you come at it from that perspective, you know, the more educated you get on whatever risk it is that you're about to take, it's less scary when you're going at it with a clear head and a clear plan. Yeah. I think that, and especially cause I've always said, up until very recently with doing this podcast, I've never wanted to be a business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like too much responsibility for me. Like th- that can be someone else's thing. I like clocking in, clocking out and going home and not having to worry about it. And now here I am working full time at the salon and every single spare <laughs> yes. hour, which is not a lot yeah. right, that I have is spent researching and doing things for this podcast. But what I'm learning is that you don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? It's been done. It's been done. There's literally a formula for that. Yep. And so, you know, just taking what works for you is it's a no brainer really. And that's not to say it's easy by any means. It's been hard, but it's easier than you thought it was going it, to be. Yes, exactly. Well, and when you're really committed and passionate about something, it's still work and you're still tired, but you're, but you're so it. excited about what yes. you're doing and creating that it's, uh, it, it becomes really fluid and kind of second nature. So, yeah. um, and the, the hardest part, like the risky parts are cause taking risks, I feel like you get better at, like you said, the more that you do it, but you also realize that like, you're not going to die, you know, yeah, like right. that you're You'll most of that is in your head about how scary whatever is, you it know? Is and then once head. you do it and you survive it, you're like, Oh, look, I could probably stand to do a little look more of that in my life, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. it'll be okay. Yeah. And I think that, um, was it Tony Robbins who said, if you're not growing, you're dying yeah. or maybe he I got that, that from someone else. I don't know who I've that heard came from. a similar quote yes. and that's true. You know, if you're not growing, you're dying and it might've been Zig Ziglar. We'll look it oh, up, we'll um, look it up. but yes. it's a great a good quote, quote and it's totally true. Um, that it's because, you know, even comfort zones, when you were saying, you know, like if you're comfortable somewhere and that's okay, it also means that you're completely okay with, and I can only speak for myself in this when I'm comfortable, I'm like, okay, so am I going after the things that I've always said, Laurie, you should go after this, you know? And most of the times when I'm really comfortable, I just don't have space to do that, you know? And as soon as I make space in my life to do it, well, then I have to, you know, like there's no way around it. Once uh, that commitment has been made, uh, it goes all in. So it's been a wild journey so yeah. far, but yeah, watching you do it, uh, once over the ball and over, gets rolling, awesome. It, it's just like a snowball effect, you know? Yes. And it's, 
again, taking that first step, it's just the catalyst to making those dreams come true. You know, it's just the very beginning of it. And taking that first step is probably the hardest part because then the ball gets rolling and the law of attraction starts working and you start bringing all these awesome new opportunities to you and you're more excited about it and confident about taking them. And then before you know it, you have your podcast, right? You know, you're sitting here in a real studio. Yeah. yeah. Being badass ladies Oh my gosh, <laughs> with a club. That's good. <laughs> I know, right? Welcome to the club. So, you know, the badass ladies club was, uh, the action steps came after we had some time to get really quiet in COVID, uh, lockdown and your, uh, quarantine with the family, um, definitely sparked some massive, scary, huge steps for you guys. Uh, what, what came out of your quarantine besides a new baby? Um, well, <laughs> and to be clear, cause you were pregnant. When did you get pregnant? February? We January. found out in February. Yes. Yeah. It was early. Laurie February. and I were before in Costa Rica. COVID. Yeah. Before in Costa Rica. Yes. And then we, yeah. Cause I remember COVID. we were coming back and it you seems were like, like two years I have ago. to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you guys And I was something. like, oh my God, she's, she's pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> it's kind of Fourth an easy guess charm. with you. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> what could it be? Right. Surprise. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah. So quarantine and new baby. Yes. Three weeks ago, baby Lexi arrived. She's perfect and precious. Um, it was a really crazy pregnancy having everything go on with COVID and these huge changes that you're talking about yeah. that we made, um, because of COVID, which in a way I have to say, thank you. I mean, yeah. if there's one thing I can thank this damn virus for, it was, um, you know, lighting the fire for us to make this big change. So we had a five-year plan where we were going to, we have land, 17 acres, um, on the Brazos and our, so beautiful. it is gorgeous. Um, our, we love it raw land. So in the past couple of years, we've got a camper, we've got water out there. Um, we have power now, so we've been roughing it for a while going out there just for day trips. And then we got the camper. We started staying the night out there. We've just fallen in love with this place. And yeah, we have four kids. We're basically living in a camper on our yeah. land right now <laughs> because, uh, we sold our house. The five-year plan was to keep working and keep slowly building up this land and eventually build my other, you know, prominence parlor 2.0 Yes, and, uh, our house, our forever house that we're going to raise our kids in and have them come home for Christmas with the grandkids one day. Um, COVID pushed us to go ahead and, and start doing that sooner than later. So we sold our house in July, huge move. Uh, we moved in with my mom. Yeah huge move, giant, giant, uh, with our three kids at the time and two pets and, um, and one on the way and one on the way. <laughs> and yeah, now we've got four kids. We're living with mom sort of in the, during the week while I homeschool the kids. That was another thing that right. COVID kind of pushed me to do. I'd always been interested in it, but you know, we just didn't, we didn't do it. We went the normal quote, quote yeah. route of just doing, you know, public school for kinder. And now we've got first grade and pre-K and we're homeschooling. So we're spending the weekends out at the land. Uh, the foundation on the salon is poured and we're I framing this next week. So yeah, things are happening and way quicker than we ever imagined them to. So it's totally crazy and I'm way out of my comfort zone and that means that I'm growing and the big things yeah. are happening. So totally. well, lady, if I thing. know anyone is a manifestation master, yes. woman, a fest, it yeah. is yeah. Mandy <laughs> Hancock. Like <laughs> you have manifested the most amazing things in your life. And I know that if anyone can be a mother of four, 
one of them being a newborn, homeschool, build a salon, have a childbirth education business. You know, I just, I'm like, yeah, she can do it. Totally. <laughs> For sure. Doing like, it. Right. Like it or not, here we are. <laughs> exactly. Some days I question my choices, <laughs> but here I we done? are. Yeah. <laughs> Rocking it. It's good times, man. So I think it's so interesting because I remember after you had your second child, you were really passionate about birth education, Um, that both of the births that you had had up to that point had been really transformational for you. And they were both so different. And just that experience, you like you really had it on your heart that you wanted to get into childbirth education. So talk a little bit about that shift, because what I remember about that time is that before you had babies, you were a full-time hairdresser, you know, like that's what you did with your full-time working life. And then becoming a mom, you know, like you worked a little less, but you still did hair with so much of your time and space. And so then you add the second baby to the mix, um, and want to take on this new passion. So talk a little bit about why you wanted to get into childbirth education. Cause it was a, it was a big shift, huge shift. So before I got pregnant with Monroe, I didn't want to have kids. Actually, before I met Andrew, I should say, mm-hmm. who's my husband, um, I, I didn't want to have kids. <laughs> just funny to say, because I've got four. Yeah, crazy. Um, I just, it was almost like you not wanting to own your own business. You know, yeah. it just seemed like a lot of work, you know, <laughs> right, and right. I'll let other people do that. And yeah. Um, but yeah, we got pregnant with Monroe and obviously it was life-changing. I had knew that if I ever did have a kid, I wanted to try to have a natural birth. Um, my mom had all of us naturally. And I had a friend who years ago when I didn't want kids had her babies at home. And I was like, what people do? I didn't even know that was a thing. Yes. I thought that that's weird, you know, but then I did more research on it and I just, I took a childbirth education class myself and really prepared for the birth of my first baby. And I did have Monroe naturally in a birth center and it was really long and really hard. And I, you know, immediately was like, I don't want to do that ever again. (laughs) I remember that conversation. I remember that. Yes. And, uh, and then we tried for Betty number two and, um, It took a while. It took a year and we experienced a loss in between. And, um, that was hard after just getting pregnant with Monroe. And I just thought this is so tough. And, and I started to kind of talk a little bit about that with some of my clients and some of my friends. And I was so surprised to see how many women, one in four, um, experience miscarriage. And so I thought, you know, this needs to be talked about more. And, and that was just kind of inspiring to me to, to want to, you know, like you were saying earlier, you're going through these struggles, but you're not alone. And, um, so I had Betty at home and it was amazing, quick, easy birth. She was nine days late. I wanted to die every day. (laughs) In August, 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 we were like a 40 day stretch of triple digits. It was so (laughs) hard, but she, uh, blessed me with an easy short delivery. So like seven hours start to finish. And then she was there and it was at home and it was amazing. And I had taken another little birth class. Andrew and I did, it was like a refresher course since we had already taken a a birth education class with Monroe. And I just felt so prepared, you know, mentally that I knew that that had so much to do with this amazing birth that I had. And it really was transformational in that I just, I knew that I had to help other women who, you know, wanted to be more educated about the decisions that they're making regarding their birth plan and how they wanted to go about this 
massive moment in their life, you know, being pregnant and giving birth is, it is, it's a huge, it's a transformational shift. You change after that. And it can be such a wonderful experience. And, you know, status quo for such a large amount of women is just not great, you know, and it's not very educated and they're just kind of putting their hands and their lives and their plan and everything, um, in, in the hands of doctors and, you know, people who don't, they they don't have a personal relationship with them and, and they just kind of are trusting this system that is, um, you know, a lot of times goes fine, but there's a really scary, um, severe maternal morbidity rate in the USA, right. which is shocking. And, um, and I found out too about, you know, women of color having a two to three times higher, um, maternal death rate. And so I wanted to know more about that. Absolutely, and I wanted right. to teach people more about that. And, you know, I don't want any of my friends dying, having, you know, uh, different interventions that could cause, um, maternal morbidity. And so that after Betty's birth, I just thought, you know what, this is so natural and can be so amazing. If more people knew that it could be like this, they'll have that experience. And so anyway, I took it running. And of course, right after Betty, I started prominence parlor. I opened up that business with an infant. And then a year after that, I was like, Oh, I'm getting a little comfortable. Maybe I'll, you know, get my childbirth education yep. certificate. Cause I had been thinking about it and I just didn't cause you know, I had a baby and a business and all this stuff, two babies. And, uh, so I started going through the, the training, um, actually after I had Mark, Right. So I was going to get well, my certification. Right. And then I got pregnant. You got pregnant again. With the third. With the third. And you're like, ah. uh, yeah. I was like, I can't do that. It's too much. I actually did sign up. I paid the deposit. And then I said, never mind. I can't. I can't right now. And that's okay. Knowing your boundaries. Totally okay. Right. Right. And so I had Mark in a hospital, yeah. which was not the plan. Um, first time I'd done that. You're like, shocked. First yeah. time I'd done it. Yes. Um, I was shocked. I didn't want that to happen, but it turns out I had a great experience. And so I ended up having high blood pressure at the end of the pregnancy and it was gestational hypertension. I had to transfer care at 39.5 weeks, you know, mm-hmm. 40 weeks is full terms. I mean, 37 is, so he was done, but, um, I had to, I had to make that change because of the high blood pressure. And I was so scared and so nervous. And I, I hated it. You know, I cried, I called you and I cried. Laurie came over and watched the kids at three o'clock in the Mm -hmm. morning so that we could go and get, it was not the plan. It was not the plan. I had to be induced. It was crazy. Um, but I had a great experience and I can attribute that to knowing, um, you know, still what my boundaries were Mm -hmm. as far as birth and what I wanted there. Um, they, you know, I wanted a natural birth. I got it again. Um, they knew that and they not once asked me if I needed any, anything that wasn't going to go along with my plan. Right. So having that experience was what really pushed me to like, after I had Mark, I had a newborn baby. I went ahead and signed up for the birth education, um, training because I knew, okay, you can have a good birth in a hospital. And now I've had this experience. I have this to to add to the table. Right. So here you are, you've had a birthing center birth, right. a home birth, and now a hospital birth. Yep. So I've done it all. Covered it. Yeah. Covered <laughs> it. So that's what I, that's when I thought, okay, I have the, you know, I've had these experiences for, you know, my own personal reasons, but I also think that I can use these experience to help 
other families get empowered and have their blissful birth to to have that great experience, no matter what kind of birth you're planning or where you're planning on having it. Uh, even a planned C-section can go in more knowledgeable about Absolutely, the procedure yes. and be able to make good decisions to still have a good experience where that's concerned and have a less, less of a horrible outcome, which does happen sometimes, you know, I think it's so important to know what you're going into and to be educated about it and to be able to pick care providers who are along, you know, they're trusted. And, um, and that's true of any type any of time, you know, time that you are sick or hurt or having a baby or doing, you know, like having the people around, you know, what, where your intentions are absolutely so makes important. all the difference in the world as far as the support and you being able to see through to the other side of that, the way that, you know, is best for everybody. Mm -hmm. So exactly. And you wouldn't have that without birth education. Right. You know, like, in, I love that, um, the way that this story unfolds, I, don't have kids, but I do know that like every time you've been pregnant and had a kid that I am so consciously aware of what I don't know about birth and having babies. It, even when you were pregnant with Mark, before you found out you were pregnant with Mark, we booked my 40th birthday vacation to Greece and you and Andrew decided you were going to come to the other side of the world and yes. celebrate with us and then found out you were having a baby <laughs> and you were going to be flying internationally. Like what late in your second trimester, wasn't it? Where uh, were you when you went? It was second trimester, just barely into second trimester. And I remember that because... I could drink wine. <laughs> and I was like, will they even let you on the plane? Like I was really panicking that you weren't going to be able to go. And yeah. then I was like, God, there's so much I don't know about pregnant people flying. Like, and I had to learn those things so I could like put my own anxiety at yeah. uh, rest. And we had a great time in Greece. It was, it was magical. You ever. guys um, looked like you had the best time. It Those was the best epic. trip ever. Yeah. And I think I was like 18 weeks pregnant. Yeah. But I had was... a bump and I had people giving me the eye. I'm sure. I remember. <laughs> like, what is this doing? She's obviously pregnant. Why is she traveling? Um, it was awesome fun. And I guess bringing that up was just that there are so many things that you hear about being pregnant, birth, pregnancy, pregnant women that were just uh, ideas that were handed to me throughout my whole life that I just took for granted were true. That the more that I learned, the more I realized that that stuff is not true and that um, there are a hundred ways to get to the same end result of having a baby at the end of it. And Absolutely. that everyone has a, a direction that they go with that. And all of those things are perfect and yeah. valid. Mm -hmm. And, yep. um, and that's true. And I don't know why I feel like, because I'm not a like human mom that I can look at it from the outside looking in and say that everyone, when they have a newborn baby, they do things so differently and it's all perfect because mm -hmm. it's their baby, you know, and they know what's best. And that when things get, um, when wires get crossed, it's when other people try and get in the middle of it and, um, predetermine what's good for somebody because man, having humans, that oh is, uh, an intimate connection. Like yes, other people sure. getting in the middle of that only makes things harder and, yes. um, puts more stress on so, a situation. You guys, if you don't know, baby mama is one of my favorite movies it's in so the world. Okay. <laughs> so, um, how Mandy and I very much differ is that, you know, that scene in baby mama where she's at the childbirth class and Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are there together. By the way, I'm Amy Poehler's biggest fan. She's so love good. her. And um, the childbirth educator says, now who is going to, I don't know. She says something about drugs, you know, inject themselves with drugs for the comfort of themselves and not their own baby. And Amy Poehler's <laughs> like, whoop, whoop. <laughs> that Give was me. me. 
<laughs> that was me. I'll take that. Um, <laughs> I wanted the drugs. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and now that like I have seen Mandy go through so many amazing different births and like what an array there is that if I were to have another child, I would take a Mandy Hancock class with blissful birth and like learn about other experiences. But for my first, I was totally in this mindset of like, Jessica, now's not the time to be a hero. <laughs> just make yourself just comfortable. comfortable. Yes. You were yes. a hero. Just, Are you kidding? So I, I went 41 weeks. Yeah. I was induced. I got the drugs. I was there like nine <laughs> dilated and I was texting everyone, everyone. I'm at a nine. <laughs> I'm great. Like it's not like, feeling okay? anything. Everyone's like, is she really okay? I'm like, I'm great. You know, but, um, I know that probably if I did not have those drugs, I would not be sending out happy drugged up text messages to everybody. But <laughs> probably anyway, not at a nine. Um, right. Right. Um, but that, um, that no matter how you do it, it, it is okay. And that I, I really was one of those that I just trusted my doctor and I was like, that's great. Whatever you say, dude, like, that I don't know also... what I'm doing, but I didn't take, I took one at the hospital, but I feel like if I had to do it over again, I would have gone outside the hospital and like educated myself more for he sure. He also wasn't just a doctor. He was the doctor that you've had your whole well, life. And he had done my whole family. He's like delivered he delivered my cousin. So I, babies. Of course like, he was a family doctor. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, so it wasn't like a new doctor, so you know, my, he like, wasn't like the doctor on call or anything. Right. Like, um, yeah. So I, I did trust him and yeah. I had a great delivery and it was amazing. But um, anyway, so yes, you got your childbirth certification. You had Mark in a hospital and Lexi and then little Lexi and sweet little Lexi. And there were four. And then there were four and then there were six. <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, not kids, but I'm we like, have what? six people in our family now. <laughs> Where's my drink? Yeah, right? yeah. Like, Where's my drink? Jesus. <laughs> it's hot in here. It's, it's hot, hot in here. Oh, no, um, six and, total. and Lexi yes. was in a hospital. Yes. Same thing yeah. happened with her. I planned the home birth and there's this saying in the birth net in the birth world, you know, birth is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And that is so true. Like, a hundred percent of the time you can have this great plan and you can be as educated as you can be. And sometimes birth just takes a turn. You know, um, what happened with me again was the gestational hypertension, which is a common, well, I wouldn't say it's common, but it is something that can totally happen with pregnancy, especially of advanced maternal age. Ooh. Oh, you're geriatric, you geriatric, geriatric pregnancy. It's the, the most ridiculous thing ever. I've ever heard. I hated it, but <laughs> Here I was, right. you know, 36 and geriatric, geriatric <laughs> and with high blood pressure, like a, you know, geriatric pregnant person. So anyway, that happened again. And, uh, we induced a little bit earlier this time because I started to have those bouts of high blood pressure. And so I was, I was really nervous about that too. You know, even though I'd had a great birth with Mark, he was 39.5 weeks. Yep. Lexi was 37.5 weeks. And so it was two weeks earlier. And I just thought, oh God, you know, my body's not ready. She's not going to be ready. And this is all stuff that, you know, my internal monologue goes there. And then I say, shut the hell up. Right. She's fine. You're fine. You know, this is going to be great. And it was so, and matter of fact, her birth was my easiest. I got induced and I like for hours was like, this isn't working. I don't (laughs) think. And they're like, no, you're having contractions consistently. I was like, really? And then I got to like a nine and was like, oh, oh yeah, this is, this feels right. You know? And, and I said, I felt that pressure and that urge to push. And I said, I'm pushing a little bit 
And like she came out, like her head came <laughs> out. She, yeah. My oh. midwife was cracking up. She was like, you're pushing a little bit and you're having a baby. So anyway, yeah. And, and I've already got the certification. I've already got blissful birth, you know, so this is just another little thing that I can add to, to my stories, you know, to help relate to people who have different experiences with every single birth. Cause usually it is different, you know, even if it's in the same place, it's still going to be a different experience. And with her, I'll say, I got my water birth. Um, I wanted one with every kid and I didn't get it. Monroe, I labored in the tub forever and to the point where I was super uncomfortable and I had to get out of that dang water. I was a prune and the tub was hard, you know, and so I got out. Betty, her head was born in the water and then she had shoulder dystocia. So she got like stuck on the way out and this was my home birth. So um, I got out of the tub you know, we changed positions and she came right out. It all happened in seconds. Mark came so hard and fast. They were filling up the tub in the hospital. (laughs) They had the, the, um, wheelchair at the ready to take me to the tub. And I said, I'm pushing and he came out. Yeah. And so anyway, Lexi, we didn't want that to happen this time. So I got to the tub pretty early on and my blood pressure went down because I was just chilling in this hot water and this hospital, they, my midwife, anytime she has to transfer, she transfers here because they really are so supportive to moms who want to do the natural birth, who want to do the water birth. They have a midwife there. She delivered Mark. She delivered Lexi. Um, they are really into just that whole, you know, natural homeopathic way of, of mom's body, you know, knowing what to do, trusting the process and only intervening if there's a medical necessity, which in my case, the induction, you know, was what a gift necessary. to have such that. a yeah. gift. What and a it's gift. so important yes. to know that because if I had transferred somewhere else, it could have been a different outcome. Yeah. Um, but they were great. And I got the water birth and they had oils diffusing and I got an herbal bath with her afterwards and what? we did delayed cord clamping. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know. Like, I was cheated. <laughs> I need to take a class. You need to you take have a another class. baby. Like, no, I have another, if the, I'm not having another, not baby. another baby. I right now, at least I just one day, if it one happens, day, if it happens, yeah. which I know Mandy's you will going to be my girl. <laughs> so momming inject, cause you know, all this, birth and baby, like after you go through all of this stuff, then there's this new, um, human there. And that, that has been such an interesting experience for me with both of you. Um, I'm hopelessly attached to all of your kids. Um, and, but in a way that, um, has been really fulfilling for me because I, having kids was just not in my journey, you know, but not momming and being, um, a support to my friends, you know, because momming is hard, um, oh just from observation only, I could you know, not do it without you, um, literally men. And so it's been really cool for me, uh, to get to not be the mom, but to have the energy, time, space, availability to rescue the moms and be there with uh, the little ones as they grow up. So let's talk a little bit about momming and not momming, because I feel like it's a weird subject for people when they don't have kids. um, The best auntie ever is the next best role to mothering my own kids. You know, I have nephews and and nieces and I, I love that role. 
And um, if the if they weren't my kids, I wouldn't be like so into parenting them, <laughs> momming them. Yeah, if that even no. makes sense. Yeah, because to have that role is so great. You do get to be, you know, and you are such an amazing auntie. The kids love Auntie Laurie. You mm-hmm. just were over earlier this week, bringing them birthday presents yeah. and doing your auntie thing, and and that is so important, not just to them to have those relationships, but to me. Yeah, <laughs> I need that help. Even just you coming over and we talked, we sat on the couch for a bit, yeah. you know, we looked at some pictures. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had a good time and we didn't really do anything no. except for just hang out. Yeah, and it yeah. was such a relief to just have your presence there. Mm. And, uh, and the, um, crock pot meals too, <laughs> just Beating have to people. mention because yeah. we ate one last night. Yay! Um, yeah, every way that you've stepped into that anti-role is so important to me and has made such a huge difference in my entire family's life. Yeah. Um, it takes a tribe. It sure does. Yeah. I mean, and just as recently as last month, you know, Laurie and I had to go down to New Braunfels for some work and I had Adelaide and, you know, I was like, uh, and Laurie was like, I'll just go with you. And when you're in class, I'll hang out with her and it's fine. And I was like, really? (laughs) She was like, yeah. And so while I was in class, I knew that Adelaide was safe and taken care of. And Laurie took her on like a pancake picnic. We had pancake. Took her to the dollar store, to the dollar store, took her around like, cause Laurie had a little bit of work to do too. So took her to the office and like, Adelaide just hung out and I was like, what, what would I ever do without, we had the best time besties who, you know, take on that aunt role. Yes. Um, and it's priceless. like Laurie, I just want to speak to, you know, we've all been friends for a really long time. And I know that through being friends with Laurie and you not having human children that you, I feel from the outside looking in have been judged by some people, maybe not like, But yeah, okay, judged. I would just say judged for like, really? You don't have kids? Oh, yeah. You don't regret it? All the time. You, you know, and that that somehow takes away from your womanhood. And it's such bullshit. Yeah, totally. Because to all those people who I've heard say those things to Laurie, I want to be like, she is the best mom that I've ever met. Yeah. And she's a better mom to my kids sometimes than I am to my own kid, you know, and that, (laughs) um, and that Laurie is a maternal mother role in the salon and takes care of all of us. And it's just like, she's such a nurturer. Yes. And that I think that momming comes naturally to us whether we have the babies or not. Yes. Yes. Being maternal does not have really much anything to do with having children. Like one of, and I think because I have that like nurturer by nature instinct about me, I recognize it immediately in other people. And I, you and I have talked about this before, Betty. I mean, Betty is a baby, you know, but she has a very maternal instinct about Mm -hmm. her. Like that is um, something that some people just have. And, um, it's funny, the judgment about like not actually being a legit woman if you don't have children. I've never really felt um, sensitive about that because I've always been really grounded in if that's the direction my life is supposed to go, then I'll know that and it'll go there. And if it's not, then it won't. And so, and then I also hear a lot about like clocks ticking, 
you know, and that, that random, like you're running out of time situation, which I think is so interesting now because you hear about women older and older and older anymore having babies. Um, you know, like you were a geriatric pregnancy at 36, <laughs> but I see 55 year olds having babies yes. now, you know, um, Allie Berry and, had one at 50. Totally. <laughs> that That's not uh, totally out of the question, but that on the greater scale of things, most people who have felt that way about me, uh, don't usually talk directly to me about that. It is more like, and um, I'm pretty intuitive uh, when I'm present with people. Um, and I feel that, you know, I do think that, um, and we've talked about this a lot too, that there is a like mom's club that happens with some people where if you're not a mom, then you're not in the club and that you will never understand where I'm coming from or that um, you're not as sensitive to things mm -hmm. that moms have to deal with because you don't have children. So you don't understand. And that's something that um, makes me sad for them because I know that that is uh, not true for me. Absolutely. And so uh, I think that's a toxic culture. Yeah. And that's happened where we work, mm -hmm. where there have been um, at times we've had groups of people with us who are like, well, you just don't get it. And that was all before I had a child. And I was you like, got a lot of that crap too, before yeah, you had a child. I did, yeah. You know, that, um, that somehow my empathy, my love, my tenderness wasn't valid because I hadn't had a child yeah. and that I just didn't get it. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like, <laughs> it's just, I think a lot of that, it, it is so toxic, but it's also, it, it's personal to them. Mm -hmm. It yeah. has nothing to do with you yeah. or you or anybody who chooses or doesn't choose just, you know, isn't a mom to biological children or adopted children, whatever. Um, I just think that those people who have that kind of negativity have something else going on. Always, always, always. Yeah. Projecting all of that. Projecting. So, um, it definitely takes a tribe. Yeah. And this, uh, I, I do feel like there's this big shift with, uh, the maternal instinct in general that since about 2018, I have felt this push of, uh, the age of women, uh, the age of the goddess, that uh, the sacred feminine is making a rise in so many different parts mm -hmm. of our culture and it's our happening. world. It's uh, it's coming together. And it is, you know, we talked about you early on in the episode is like you have this like rad, fierce mama bear energy. Um, and I feel that sometimes in so many different aspects of my life where I'm like, yeah, we're going full speed ahead right now. Like it is a responsibility to step into uh, the greatness that, uh, we are and that for, you know, the last our episode or our second episode, I guess, where we talked about like the good girl, bad girl complex, you know, like as I'm feeling this push to step into the woman who I've always known that I was, but had all of this baggage I had to deal with to get through to the other side of her, the good girl in me sometimes is like, Oh no, no, Laurie. <laughs> you're not going to go there. Like that is uh, risky. That is going to push triggers and buttons. That's going to cause trouble for you in the future. And you want to be a good girl. You do. Mm -hmm. And that even up here, you know, on my podcast, talking all this big game about it, like I still have that voice in the back of my head. Um, but what's carrying me is this um, knowing that I have that the world is changing right now. And there Rapidly. are women all over the world that are like, you know what? I'm done playing that game mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because this is where I'm at and this is where I'm going. So let's talk a little bit about um, moving into this age of the goddess, because I feel like a big cornerstone of that for my own growth has been 
my other goddess uh, friends cheering me on and helping me through uh, some of those old conditionings and uh, those old stories I have that aren't serving my greater purpose. So like, how do we help each other move into this stage where we're really feeling our power and can take it on? I think supporting each other and coming back to what you were saying earlier, Jessica, about being happy for mm-hmm. other successes, you know, yes. and, and really trying to support and encourage other women and, and other people in general, but you know, how important that is, um, just by having that mental shift, everything begins to change, you know? And so I think it starts with that. And, um, and I, I just think that when you can change your perspective in that way, that, um, you're more prone to support yourself and shut that inner voice up a little bit. You know, the one that keeps telling you, Oh no, no, you don't want to do that. You know, you're going to push boundaries or whatever. Instead your goddess voice is coming out and you're being like, you know what? No way I am doing this. Mm -hmm. And Jessica supports me and Mandy supports me and I support them. And it's just like fuel to the fire, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, you know, and I was thinking about this the other day that when I was, growing up, it wasn't cool to have girlfriends. It was cool to be the girl in the boy crowd, Mm -hmm. you know, and that girls were catty. Girls were dramatic. Girls were high maintenance, high maintenance, too much work. And that, you know, it was cool to be the, um, the girl with the boys, hanging out with the guys. Right. Um, and that I'm so excited to be raising a child in this age of, um, just goddess power. Right. Mm-hmm. And that in our first episode, Laurie, we talked about how in our tribe of women that we call each other goddess and queen. And that I learned that from you two. You guys have been friends way longer than I've been friends with you. And that when I started getting exposure to that and that kind of support, I was like, this is what I've always needed, you know, because I never felt like I belonged with the boys, but it wasn't cool to have girlfriends, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just think I'm excited about where this shift is going. And I think that with the recent passing of RBG, that that's even more to the forefront, you know, I mean, she very famously said women belong in places where decisions are being made and that, um, it's just, it's time. And that, yeah, I'm just speechless at this point. It's a little overwhelming sometimes. It (laughs) is. I love that thing that's going around where everyone's saying, okay, we have to be ruthless. Yeah. She passed the torch. Yeah. She's passed us the torch Mm -hmm. and we cannot let her actions go in vain. You know, it is, it is our duty to take that torch and run with it. Yes. I know what I was going to say. Tell me. It's all coming back I want to, to know. me now. Yay. I just got really overwhelmed <laughs> that for a happens second. happens to me sorry, all the time. Guys. All the yeah. time. Um, <laughs> mom brain. That, yeah, mom brain. Um, what, um, I think the other part of what I've learned from Mandy through the years of our friendship with being happy for people to move on and to have their own journey is that I've never known Mandy to come from a place of lacking that it's always an abundance, that there's enough to go around and that Mandy's light is never dimmed by someone else's light shining. 
And that that is so powerful for me to watch. And it's just taken me a long time to get on board with that. Um, and I don't know why, maybe I need to, you know what, go I, to therapy over that, but I just, <laughs> I, I just, we're having a breakthrough right now. We're having a breakthrough right now that it just took me a long time to get there because I think that I, um, like we were saying earlier, it comes from a, what about me kind of place. You know what I read the other day and I wish I could remember where I read this, but it was, um, also when it's coming from that sense of lack it's got a lot more to do sometimes with this idea that there's not enough to go around, but if I'm winning, that somebody else must be losing. Right. And so I will put myself in the losing space because my first prerogative is let everyone else win. You got to let everybody else win because it's polite, Lori. You don't want to take too much of the spotlight. You know, like if you let other people win sometimes, then they will love you more. They will like you more. You will belong more. And so this idea that, um, I can't shine too brightly because other people don't like that, you know, and that I will throw myself into the fire to keep you warm. And that, that, and when I read that, I was like, Whoa, maybe I do that a little bit. Like why, maybe that's why. And, but then the other biggest piece of, and I'll just speak for myself, the journey of being happy for people when they move on for me has been so much about why, like we said earlier, oh my God, they're leaving me, you know, so you can like take it personally, but even if you can step out of it and not take it personally, that there's something that they're doing that you want to do too. And you're mm-hmm. kind of pissed that you can't do it or that you haven't done or it that yet. you have, it, but yes. you can do it yeah. and you're just not doing it because it's not your time or you haven't done the work or you're not ready, but whatever it is that that hits you in a place where the the reaction for me a lot of times is anger mm-hmm. or to feel hurt, you know, cause I'm so freaking sensitive, crabby about everything. And so, um, so the more I've recognized that about myself, it makes it so much easier, even when people move on to things and I'm like, okay, I don't get it, but high five, you know, right. like right. Your go journey. do it. And so it's okay with me when people move on to things that I, personally maybe think are a bad idea or don't understand because of all these other circumstances. But I can really separate from this idea of that's not my path, my journey, my decision, you know, Mm -hmm. and high five, go do it and see what happens. Because even if, um, it takes them on a different direction, that that is, uh, their own process and everybody deserves that. Everybody deserves a chance to go and do things their way and see what happens with it. Um, so yeah, Yeah, that's helped me a lot. Uh, I've had the best time talking with you guys yeah. today. Like this was a it's really so special great. episode. And Mandy, thank you for being our first talk. guest. Oh my gosh, you You're guys, thank you so much for having me on. This has been so much fun. Yeah, and we'll I've do it again. Been, yes. I would love to be yes. a regular guest on totally. the show. Yes. Honorary so co-host. I'm already sure. thinking Ooh. of all the things. <laughs> yes. We could talk for all day. I'm sure. We really could. <laughs> yes, we could. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us for Badass Ladies Club. Uh, Share this episode. Tell your friends about it. If there's something that resonated with you, we want you to hit us up on all the socials and um, definitely go check out the website. There's some really cool um, merchandise that is coming out and available. Uh, Mandy has uh, the Badass Box, and so that's all uh, Mm -hmm. available to all of you guys. Uh, Hooray for episode five. Yes. Right. Cheers. 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 Ding. All right. Looking. Rose. Linky. <laughs> Bringing it back. Mm-hmm. One last little thing before we say bye. Yeah. Oh, what? 
what we were talking about with the light. I just think um, it's cool to say this because uh, our dear friend, Red Fox, she always says this at the end of our yoga mm -hmm. classes, and it just resonates so much with me. She says, allowing your light to shine inspires others to let their light shine as well. Yes. So I think that's a good parting note. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Fox. Let your shine light shine and <clears throat> allow others to let their light shine. It's a, it's a foundation of Badass Ladies Club. For sure. Right. Absolutely. Preach. Preach. Preach.